Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. But hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what he already has? Let's talk about hope. I think you can hear it now, right? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> we can define it very quickly. We all know what it is, but let's just define it. It's an, it's an anticipation of a future positive outcome in our lives. We've, we're looking for something that will improve our lives. It's an anticipation. Simple definition. This can mean almost anything that we're looking forward to when we, when we say we, we hope something happens. Uh, hope produces a favorable expectation in, in our everyday life. We're not hoping for bad things. We're hoping for good things. So when we talk about hope, the simplest form is that it involves things that we anticipate with some, some degree of improvement. Now, this can be as small a thing as hoping for good weather. If we're going to have a picnic, we hope that it doesn't rain. Or maybe we, we hope that uh, we get a job that we've interviewed for. It's, it's just that simple. So we begin to have an anticipation, and, and we, we uh, believe that we're going to have an expectation of, of good news. We, we look forward to gaining something from doctors in, uh, from an interview, job interview. And sometimes it has to do with uh, an examination. We go to the doctor, and the doctor examines us and takes some x-rays or whatever, and uh, then we want to hear some good news, so we hope that the doctor's diagnosis or prognosis is going to be good. So basically, hope governs our attitude in the most significant aspects of our lives. Every time we look to our future, it's either with hope or it's with despair. There's hardly any room in between, uh, hardly any gray area. Hope is a good feeling, that we have, that everything's going to be all right. Uh, things are going to get better soon, even. Hope keeps the sun shining. Despair brings the clouds. So we live on hope. We look for the silver lining in the, in the cloud. Uh, we look for good, good uh, results from all the efforts that we put forth. We're looking for something that will improve our lives. We believe that our lives will get better and that we can find the right path to follow. Everyone feels this way. Now, the pessimist and the cynic also have the same feeling we do. It's, a, it's an attitude, a disposition. It's an emotion. Even though they think everything's going to go wrong, they hope that it won't. That it won't be as bad as they think it's going to be bad. The cynic says, well, we can't have hope, but the cynic has hope that we can have hope or maybe we don't have hope, whatever it may be, the cynic and the pessimist can also have the same feeling that the optimist has because they hope for certain things to transpire. Life does not grow in the dark. Life grows in the light. We know that. So hope actually keeps us going. The, uh, the source of our hope, however, and I'm, I'm, let's just approach this from a very humanistic point of view. The source of our hope is based upon common experience. 
things that we know have happened before, things that we believe are going to happen again, things that we know that have happened to other people, that if they happen to other people, they can also happen to us. You follow what I'm saying? So our expectations of human, our human reasoning is that if, if you have experienced some good result of, an, of a, a situation, if we're in that same situation, that we can hope that we can have the same experience of a good result. So that's, that's the human aspect of it. A reasonable expectation. Keep this in mind. A reasonable expectation. All right. We stay in the range of what we have seen or personally experienced. We don't go outside the boundaries of human experience to establish some sort of hope, some type of hope. We don't hope for something that's irrational. We hope for something that we know rationally can happen, right? To, to think otherwise, to ask for a miracle, for instance, something supernatural is unreasonable. And most people are reasonable people. Now, some folks get beyond this and they, they just throw reason out the window and, and don't even consider it when they consider building up their anticipation of something good happened, but in order for it to happen, something has to interfere in the natural order of things and rearrange the natural order and become supernatural. We don't do that. The rational person does not do that. The rational person works within the range of human experience, what we know. We, re we stay in that. We use common sense with our hope. We require reason for our hope. So if we're hoping for good weather for a picnic, we look at the weather report, right? If the weather report says it's going to be stormy and rainy and cloudy and thundering and we can hear it and see it, then we know we don't hope that the weather's going to clear up in the next few minutes. But we take a reasonable look at it and think, well, maybe it will or maybe it won't. We don't get our hopes up as it were. You follow? We're, we're rational about our hopes. We're reasonable about our hopes. We get sick or we have an accident. And so what do we do? Well, if we have a certain sickness, we, we try to get a diagnosis of it. We try to get someone to, to diagnose our problem, so we go to a doctor or whatever, or some of us will go on the Internet, we'll begin to examine it, we'll begin to research it and see if, if somebody else has had the same problem we've had before, how did they get over it? Follow? What sort of medicine do we have to take in order to cure our sickness? So we're reasonable in this, and we're rational. We have anticipation that maybe if somebody else got over this sickness this way, we can too. But it can happen to us too. It's irrational to think that we're going to have some sort of a miracle that will take that sickness away supernaturally. And it's, our hope's going to be dashed because that's not going to happen. Essentially, sometimes something will happen out of the ordinary, but not out of the natural. Out of the ordinary, something can happen. Or we have an accident, and we, we hurt our leg, break our leg. Typically, we can look at others and say, well, how long did it take you to get well and get back on your feet when you had a break like this? Okay. 
So we can hope to get better in a certain amount of time. We compare when, when we're looking for a job, for instance. We can compare our skill set with the skill sets of others who've gotten the same job. Isn't that reasonable? So then if that job comes open, we can anticipate with some degree of reason that we can qualify for that job and get that job as well if we meet the qualifications. Now, we're not expecting something to happen out of the ordinary to get that job. Sometimes things happen, but not supernatural things. Just things happen. And so we, we, uh, we maybe get that job, or we're looking for a romantic relationship. So we're wondering, does this person like me or not? You know, as a kid, we used to ask each other if they know what the other one's thinking. So we'll ask some girls, you know, does this girl like me? And so we ask somebody that's in the know, do they like me or not, or they don't like me or whatever. So anyway, we, we begin to try to find out whether or not that person likes me. So what we're doing is we're going through rational human experience to try to decide what our future will be and whether or not we have any degree of confidence that our hopes can be realized. We live this way. That's, that's, what, I'm, that's what I'm trying to emphasize to you. We live this way. You're, you hope for things every day. Oh, probably hourly you're hoping for something. I am. Hope to be able to get up in the morning. Hope to be able to see when I get up in the morning. Hope I can hear what everybody's saying. You know, I've got some hopes along this line. I hope to see you at church services. Oh, that's a great one for me. And I have those hopes. And I have a reasonable expectation that I will. Sometimes my hopes are not realized. I don't believe that anybody's going to snatch you up from the air. Bring you over and set you down. Okay, Bill, here's your hope realized. That's not going to happen. But I have a reasonable expectation. Now, I want to tell you, the majority of human beings have placed a great deal of emphasis on, on this type of relationship that they have with one another in terms of hope. Um, I just ran across this information at the American Federation of Astrologers. You know what an astrologer is? An astrologer is a guy that reads the stuff in the stars and figures out your destiny, tells you what's going to happen. Anyway, the American Federation of Astrologers last year estimated that 25% of the American public daily consult their horoscope. I mean, every day. They look in the paper or on the Internet, whatever it might be, to find out how things are going to go well for them today whether stars are aligned or Pluto's in the house of the mouse somewhere in the heavens. Anyway, people are looking, looking for the stars to see if they can get some good news. Now, hope is a wonderful, inspirational attitude. It is. Now, I'm not going to try this morning to uh, give you a motivational lecture to inspire optimism, but I want to talk about hope from God's perspective. So, you know what hope is like in your own human experience. But I want to tell you what hope is like. It's different. It's, it's the same emotion. You have the same emotion when we talk about hope as a human, in your human experience, 
as you will with your experience with God. It's the same emotion. Except the source and the mechanism is different. We read a text to start with that says hope that is seen is not hope. Now that's vastly different than anything you experience in your human experience. When we decide we want hope for something, the first thing we do is we decide what we want. Right? That's what you decide. That's what I want. Then you decide how you're going to get it. Don't you? Then you you hope that you look forward to the time when you do get it the way you want it. Right? It's exactly what we do. That's not how it works with God. Now, that's interesting to me. As a matter of fact, you can't figure out what you need in terms of hope with God. But God is a God of hope. For instance, God and His Son, basically, Jesus, are the God of hope. He is the God of hope. In Psalms 146, verse 5, it says, Happy is he that has the God of Jacob for his help. His hope is the Lord his God. Our hope is God, the one who is, who is blessed or happy. In Psalms 71 at verse 5 it says, You are my hope, O Lord God. You are my trust from my youth. You are my hope, he said. You're my hope. Colossians 1.27 says, Christ in you is the hope of glory. Jesus is the hope. Now in Titus chapter, 1 Timothy chapter 1 at verse 1, it says, Jesus Christ is our hope and Romans 15:13 says the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, the main difference that we're talking about when you when you begin to approach God with hope is first of all that you probably don't know what you want or need. When we talk about hope, you have some idea probably what you want. But that may not be at all what you need. So when you say, I have hope in God, and you have certain desires that you need, you may express those, but you keep you have to keep in mind that that may certainly not be what God gives you. Because He knows more about what you need than you do. Not what you want. You know what you want. He knows what you want. But He knows what you need. Not necessarily what you want. Secondly, he will he will take care of your needs in his own way. He will he will fulfill those needs, and he will satisfy your hope. He will do it in his own way, and it may surprise you the way it happens. You may want something, and you may have it all, and you will you'll have it all lined up. This is what I want, and this is the way I want it. That's the way we do it. That's the way we do it. Human hope. I want this job, Lord, and I want it this way. I'm going to go get this. Okay. But when we approach God with our needs, and he knows what we need and what we want, he may may give us something that we're not really sure. But guess what? It's better than we thought we needed. Better than we wanted. And the third is you're, you're going to have to wait for it. You're going to have to wait for it. It's not going to come right away. 
most of the time. Sometimes it will, but most of the time it won't. It's fostered by the Word of God. For instance, your faith is going to, with your faith in God is has to be, or your hope in God is has to be fostered by faith, which means that you have to believe in Him. You have to believe that He knows what you need, and He will take care of your needs. So, our Psalms 119 verse 74 says, "They that fear you will be glad when they see me, because I have hoped." In your word. I've hoped in your word. Now the word the word of God, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. You see what I'm saying? Before you can have any confidence that God's going to give you anything, you have to believe in Him. You have to believe in Him. If you don't believe in Him, forget hope. That's where, where most people make their big mistake. If I expect God to do something for me, and help me in my situation, in my dire, extreme situations, but I haven't, I don't know anything about him, why would I anticipate that he's going to satisfy my hope? And this, this statement is made four times in Psalms 119. I have hoped in your word. It's an emphasis. Colossians 1 verse 23 says, If you continue in the faith, grounded and settled, be not moved away from the hope of the gospel. Okay, the hope that we have is grounded in God and that hope arises from faith. So that means basically when I'm asking God for something, I better believe that he's going to answer me. But keep in mind, he made an, he, he's going to answer me for what I need, not necessarily what I want. And that may come as a big surprise to us. The Word of God produces faith, which is outside the boundaries of our natural sense. So we said a while ago, the way we, way we get what we want, we hope for it, we decide what we want, that's what we put our hope in, then we decide here's how we're going to get it, and then we want to get it right away. We want to be satisfied with what we've gotten. To paraphrase an old expression now, here, here's what I want to get us to on this business of hope in God, and it's, it's different. It's different from human, human hope. Hope in God is like this. Hope, and I'm, going to, I'm just going to paraphrase it. Hope is believing that there is light when all you ever see is darkness. Hope says there is light and you can't see it. That's what this text says that we started out with. Hope that is seen is not hope. You can't see it. Now, that, that puts us in a situation where, okay, sometimes we say, well, it, it gets the darkest just before dawn. Well, maybe it gets the darkest just before it gets darker. <laughs> but you have to believe there is light because that's faith. You have to believe there is light. But I, I don't see it, you see. I, I can't see how it's going to work. Paul said this in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. He says, we walk by faith faith okay walking by faith when I walk by faith that means that I'm not seeing what I would see normally as a human being is this the way I ought to do it it doesn't seem rational or reasonable God it just doesn't seem the way I ought to do it turn the other cheek that doesn't seem right give somebody something when they ask for something when you don't think you ought to give them something 
Lord, that doesn't seem right. To forgive someone that's abused me this badly, Lord, I, I don't, I can't see it. The things that God asks us to do and to live by is not always the rational thing in our own minds. But we walk by faith and not by sight. 2 Corinthians 4 verse 18. While we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary. The things which are not seen are eternal. You can't see the end of what you're hoping for and what you believe in. That, that stretches us way beyond our human experience, doesn't it? Romans 8, 24 is what we said. The hope of the seen is not hope. But Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 says it this way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. That's what faith is. And that's what hope is. Now, we add to that the fa fact that we can't always see exactly what God has in mind for us. Okay. We can hope that he's going to work whatever problem we have out. It's going to work out. It's going to work out. I mean to tell you, whatever you're going to go through, God will work it out. It will be. Now, that's what faith tells me. Hope, me, hope tells me that I hope he gets it done quickly, but he may not. He may not do it quickly. So we have to have patience. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 through 4 says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. But not only so, we glory in tribulation also, knowing that tribulation works patience, patience experience, experience hope. It seems like every time you read the term hope in the New Testament, it's paired up with this idea of patience. If you have some hope, get patient. Don't get antsy about it. First Thessalonians 1 verse 3 says, Remember without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. Patience of hope. Well, Hebrews 3 verse 6 says, Christ is the Son over His own house, whose house we are if we hold the confidence of the rejoicing of our hope firm unto the end. Hang on till you get it what he's saying isn't it just stay with it hebrews 6 verse 11 says hope unto the end now we we have a difference in the type of hope that's promoted through ordinary life and the type of hope that god has given us and i want to give you an illustration of this we have a bible illustration i can think of a hundred different individuals who've had different experiences in their lives by having their hope realized in a way that they didn't realize it's going to take place and that they took them a while to get to it but they got to it and God, got, God took care of them. But now listen to this. There is, an, there is an example in the Bible that I'm very familiar with and I'm very confident in, and that's with Abraham. Remember Abraham? Okay. Abraham is told in Genesis 12 too, he was going to have a son. He's going to have an heir. And that heir, that boy, would have built him up a big family. And eventually Abraham would have descendants into the thousands of thousands of thousands. Sounds good. Well, this went on for a while. Abraham began to wonder about this. The promise was made. You're going you're gonna to have an heir. So in Genesis 15, at verse 
1 and 2, it says, After these things, the, Lord, the word of the Lord came unto Abraham in a vision, saying, Fear not, Abraham, I'm your shield and your exceeding great reward. What's Abraham thinking? He said, Well, you know, you told me I was going to have an heir. And so he said, Lord, what will you give me seeing I'm childless? I don't have any kids. I'm childless. He said, and the steward of my house is this Eliezer of Damascus. He said, are we going to do it through Damascus, through Eliezer? So Abraham was wondering, Lord, you told me I was going to have children. I'm going to have a big family. It's not happening. And so you know what Abraham did? He and... um, he and Sarah got together and thought, hey, it's not working the way we think it ought to work. So let's try it another way. So Sarah gave her handmaid, Hagar, to Abraham. She conceived and had a child, Ishmael, and thought, this, this is it. No patience, right? Well, it was, it was over 10 years, over a decade before it happened. But eventually... He had a child, but you know, Abraham never saw that big family. He never saw it. I'm going to tell you something. Sometimes when you're anticipating that God's going to take care of you in a certain way, you may not live to see it. You may not be around when it happens. It can happen. It happened to Abraham. He didn't see it. He just saw one son. He didn't even see his son get married. He never, he never saw that. He never saw his son have twins. He never saw that. He never saw those twin boys have 12 more, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. He never saw 75 of them go into Egypt and about 4 million of them coming out of Egypt and going to the promised land. He never saw that. But he was told and he had that hope that that would happen. And we'll read it in the book of Hebrews that he had that hope and had that faith in God. Well, he also told him that he could give him the land, all the land that he could see. He was in the land of Canaan, and, and God said, I'm going to give you the land from the great river in Egypt, clear over to Babylon. All this is going to be yours. You know, he never owned a, a foot of land that he could put his foot on. He never, he never put a plant down. He never harvested anything. He just wandered around. He never had any property of his own. And yet God said, I'm going to give this to you and your seed. And yet Abraham never saw it in his lifetime. But it happened. Sometimes, well, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 10 says, By faith Abraham, when he was called to go out into a place which he said, After go and receive for an inheritance, he obeyed, and he went out not knowing where he went. By faith he sojourned in the land of promise as in a strange country. He dwelt in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob, the heirs with him of the same promise. He looked for a city which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. But he didn't, he didn't own anything. He didn't own any land. But they did have the children. They, did, they both died in faith, having received the promises, Hebrews eleven thirteen, And they, they saw them afar off and were promised of them and embraced them, confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. Now let's bring that down to our current situation. The, the term blessed means that we have every reason to believe that God will take care of our needs, that he will bless us, he'll make all the provisions. And it's reasonable in that sense when we believe that if we have faith in God, we have reason to believe 
that whatever hope that is generated in our breast will be satisfied by the Lord. Maybe not the way we think it ought to be. Maybe not in the time frame that we think it ought to be. But it will be satisfactory. It will, it will satisfy our personal needs. First Peter 3.15 says, Sanctify the Lord God in your heart. Be ready always to give it to every man an answer that ask you of a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now, God has promised specific blessings to us. And here's where, it, it, here's where we get down to the point that we, we want to make. The specific statement that God has made to us in Matthew chapter 6, verse 31, when people began to be concerned about how is he going to take care of me, it says, Take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. He said, I will take care of you. Now my inclination is, well, Lord, here's what I have in mind, and here's what I want. I want you to do it this way. This is my hope. I want you to take care of me, and so I'm going to get it all figured out, and I'm going to get a nice, nice path so that I can follow this path. And when I finally get to that point, I'm, I'm going to say, okay, you, you gave me what I asked for, what I was hoping for. It may not happen that way. It may not happen that way. First of all, we have to recognize that God knows more about us than we know about ourselves. That, that who has been his counselor, as we're told, who has been the counselor of Jesus that he may instruct him. So God knows what we need. I may not know what I need. I know what I want, but I may not know what I need. We ask him for a special favor, and, it, and the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 11, verse 33 through 34, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God, how unsearchable are his judgments, his ways past finding out. For who has known the mind of the Lord, who has been his counselor? So I can't come to God and say, Lord, here's how I want you to take care of me. And then build my hope on that. He may surprise you. He will surprise you, probably. This is what I want to satisfy I need, I need food, I need clothing, I need shelter, I need a job, I need, I need, I need. And God says, I know you do. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we, we do what he wants us to do, and he'll take care of us. Who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Colossians 2, verse 16. And with patience, we wait for it. We know what we want. We feel like we know what we need. And we hope, we build our hopes on these anticipations. We're not sure. Basically, if you believe in God, you have to believe that he's going to take care of you. He will. If, you, if you're in the kingdom, if you're doing his will, if you're following his instructions, and, he, and his instructions are, are for your good, blessed are those that die in the Lord for they rest from their labors and the, and their uh, the works do follow them. Those who are in the Lord should have that anticipation that God can take care of us some way. He will. Okay. But when, Lord, when? Now, Paul the Apostle had some 
difficult times. He was a good man. And he believed in God. But 2 Corinthians chapter 13 talks about the fact that sometimes he was hungry. Sometimes he was thirsty. Sometimes he was in prison. Sometimes he was beaten. But after everything said and done, did God take care of Paul? Well, he certainly did. He certainly did. And it may be that God takes care of us after we die. And we're not taken care of until that time. As long as he's got us in his hands, we know that we're going to be okay. This brings up one more point that I want to make before I get too, too far down the line. We're promised heaven, eternal life. Titus 1 at verse 2, he has promised us eternal life from before the creation of the world. I used to, I had a friend, a preacher friend, that decided one time that he was going to preach a sermon on heaven. Okay? And what, what happens after you die? So he got, he got a sermon together, and he, he really enjoyed that, and he thought, this is going to help the brotherhood. I'm going to preach this every time I get a chance. You're going to tell people about heaven, what it's going to be like. I heard the sermon. I wasn't, uh, I, I didn't realize that he knew so little about what heaven was going to be like because he said he did. But the Bible doesn't tell you anything about heaven. You really don't know what it's going to be like. What you know is that God is going to make you happy. Happy is he that dies in the Lord. Blessed is he that dies in the Lord. You don't know what heaven is going to be like. You don't know whether you'll recognize your friends or not. You don't know. There is no description in the Bible about heaven. Nothing. You don't, you don't know what it's going to be like. But you do know this, that God will take care of you. That you will be happy. Whatever it takes to make you happy, God is going to make you happy. If you go to heaven, it's all going to be pleasure, enjoyable. So that means if what we see, we don't hope for. Because what we see now is what we've got now. What we don't see is what God is going to give us. We can't see it. It may be a job. I don't know if he's going to give me this job or not. He, but he's going to take care of me. I don't know how. If I lose my house, if I lose my home, if I lose all that, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen. But I do know this. God said, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, and I'll take care of you. And I don't know how he'll do it. But he will. I don't need to know how he's going to do it. All I need to know is I can walk with him and I have hope. My hope is, Lord, I know you'll take care of me. Now the God of hope, Romans 15, 13, fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That's what I want to leave this message with you this morning. The God of hope filled you with all joy and peace. In Psalm 71, verse 14, David said it again. He said, I will hope continually and I will praise you more and more. You have every right, if you believe in Jesus Christ, if you believe in God, you have every right to believe that God will take care of you now, all your needs, and he'll take care of you later, all your needs in heaven. Let's, are you ready to sing? Let's, let's uh, stand and sing the song that uh, Paul has selected for us.